Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to invite Berndt up. Uh, Berndt Eidsmo is uh, one of our elder candidates, served on our provisional team this last year or so, and um, is going to be opening God's Word as we get into uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11 today. So I'm going to pray for him and pray for our time, and, uh, and then we'll um, sit under the, uh, the Word of God. Uh, and let the Spirit of God uh, teach us through our brother. So, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your words of life. We thank you for the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. And the gift of grace purchased by His blood and secured for us in His glorious resurrection. Would you encourage our hearts now through the preaching of your word, that your spirit would speak clearly and boldly through your servant, Berent, and that we would be receptive to the work of your Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to transform our motives, and to bring renewal and healing to our minds and hearts for your great glory and for our joy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, brother. All right, so welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, River City Church. Again, my name is Bernd Eidsmo. I'm an elder candidate and have the privilege of spe- uh, preaching God's Word today. So just kind of a quick recap, River City is in its summer series of Hebrews, and specifically just Hebrews chapter 11. And a lot of that's just, a lot of you know, like the, the, it's the faith chapter. So by faith, this person, by faith, this person, by faith, this person. It, it like idiot proofs the Bible, which I really enjoy. Like, oh, so the point is by faith. Okay, that, that's nice. And uh, so I get to do, I get to do Noah today. And so it's not like, uh, I was telling a friend, oh, well, what are, you, what are you preaching on? And I said, Noah, oh, so, you know, the point is God wants a floating zoo. I'm like, no, you know, she was obviously joking, but... Right, so that's like, no, by faith, what? And, and uh, so we'll be, uh, we'll be diving into Scripture. The, our home text will be in Hebrews, but we'll be spending a lot of time in Genesis. So I'll have members of the strike team come down. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, simply raise your hand. They'll, uh, they'll put a Bible in your hand. And if you don't have a Bible, take it. It's a free gift from River City. So as a, as a bit of a recap, um, so week one... Uh, Jake, so excuse the, the baseball analogy here. This was not planned. Jake had the baseball analogy, and I thought I'd use one too. But so uh, uh, recap, Jake led us off by defending, uh, def- uh, excuse me, defining faith as the confidence that God will do all that he promised to do. So again, faith is defined as the confidence that God will do all that he has promised to do. So with that definition established, Devin then batted second. We learned that God promises that by faith, we have been counted righteous. And last week, Charlie batted in the three-hole and preached that faith is confidence that we are pleasing to God. So this Sunday, to continue the baseball lineup analogy, I'm batting cleanup, and we'll attempt to drive home some runs. Uh, so for those keeping square at home, my focus is godly faith demands a corresponding response. So if you get nothing else, if you're like, man, I'm checking out, just... Remember this, that godly faith demands a corresponding response. So before I keep going with that baseball analogy, let me, uh, let me pray and then uh, we'll, we'll dive right in. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you for this morning. Um, and thank you for 
Um, boy, for your provision, for your common grace, as we just, the local area saw just that huge storm that lasted only a few minutes. I can't imagine what it was back in Noah's time. And so we see your grace. We see the lives, or we don't see the lives that you spared, but we know that your hand is over all. And so we ask that your hand is over all here and that we look to you as the author and perfecter of our faith. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so before we dive in, yesterday morning, I noticed a small puddle of water uh, by our air conditioner. Um, so I, I thought nothing of it, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is just normal condensation. We're, we're probably good. And then I quickly headed off and escaped to finish sermon prep. I didn't tell anybody. Fifteen minutes later, I get a call from Aaron. And anytime my wife calls, it's not good. It's usually a text or something. So it's, I'm like, oh, no. And she's like, have you seen the basement? Have you seen the water? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just it's normal condensation. I didn't know. I, I'm guessing. The, the, honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I just wanted to avoid it. It's like you, you put a little blanket on it and pretended it's not there. That's basically what I did. Because it was more water than we normally get. But I just I don't want to deal with it at the time. So, but I tried to convince her, no, it's, it's, it's typical. And, but she's not buying it. She's not convinced. She's convinced it's a major issue. So, to be continued. So, before I finish my story, I'm going to kind of lay out how I, how I see things going on today. So, again, Hebrews 11.7 will be our home text. Then we will dive into Genesis, specifically Genesis 6, and I'll have the scriptures up on the screen so you can help follow along. And then I'll get some applications for that, and then I'll keep progressing with our puddle story, because I know you're all dying to hear that. So anyway, so we've got five minor sections, and each kind will kind of do that that cycle, and, and then we'll see how faith is intertwined when each one of these sections... All right, so with that said, um, yep, so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, and if you're using your phone, then yeah, I don't know if you can bookmark it or if you throw a hand in, your, in your, uh, the Bibles that were handed out, and it's Genesis chapter 6. So Hebrews eleven seven. by faith Noah warned by God concerning events yet as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that came by faith. So point number one is, we, we have to, is sin is the problem. So that's going to be cited. We'll, we'll read it here in a second. Genesis 6, 5 through 7. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said... I will blot out man whom I have created from this face of the land, man and animals, and the creeping things and the birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. This is the problem of sin. God created life in perfection. It was perfect. God made it. It was good. He created it. It was good. God made it. It was good. Then Adam and Eve came. A creation rebelled against God. There's no way Adam and Eve could imagine the ramifications that they had by, oh, I'm just going to take a fruit. And everything else is now corrupted. It's broken. It doesn't work. There's death. 
Genesis 6 points to the wickedness of the human race. And specifically in Genesis, it mentions a few times that it's the violence. But either way, it's, it's wickedness. So sin is defined, and this is the ESV study Bible, so I can't take credit for it, is uh, anything, whether in thoughts, actions, or attitudes, that does not express or conform to the holy character of God. So anything, thoughts, actions, does not conform to the holy character of God. Or another way that I, I like to say is, are you unceasingly loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind? And as a result, are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Guilty. You know, I don't know if I can say I've done that for three hours consistently. It's always me. It's always me. It's always this problem. And it's not even, again, it's not even, oh, we do bad things. We're just born sinners. We're coming to this life thinking about us, thinking about me, wanting to worship me. Again, not you, me. But you know what I mean? Wanting to worship self. That is the problem. So anyway, we could dive into sermon series and sins and uh, just on sin itself, but we don't have the problem. Either way, it's a huge, 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 huge problem, and it needs to be dealt with accordingly. It's not like God woke up and was really mad, and I'm going to blot everyone out, and just because I lost my temper, the Vikings lost, and I'm going to take it out on these guys. No, he is dealing with it accordingly. And accordingly is nothing less than death. He can't overlook it. He can't throw a blanket over it and pretend it's not there. He can't excuse it. He is going to, quote, wipe from the face of the earth the human race, the animals. So again, creation, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. This is what sin deserves and we see in Romans 6 that the wages of sin is death. So that's what we're working towards, right? We're, we're earning death. I, I, I'm, I'm paying FICA. I don't want to pay death, too. Um, so, quick application questions for this one. Are you acknowledging the problem of sin? Do you feel that it needs to be dealt with appropriately? Do you see sin in your life? And do you see yourself as part of the problem? Or, nope, it's, it's, that, it's, it's all the Democrats. It's all the Republicans. It's all the Libertarians. It's, it's always the other guy. Or I'm like, I'm part of the problem. So back to our AC, air conditioning story. So Erin's calling. She's convinced it's something else. I'm not sure, but I'm trying to convince her just because I don't want to deal with it. And the, the, the water was pooling at the base, and that was the issue that needed to be addressed. So that was the problem at hand, and it has to be dealt with, and it has to be dealt with accordingly, not flying off the handle, panicking, rush. Here's the situation, and we need to figure out how to handle it. Okay, so if death, transition, is all that we deserved, how has humanity survived this long? Point number two is sin is the problem that needs a solution. Genesis 6, 8 to 9. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Wow. So, but if all of us are born guilty of sin, that Noah included, how did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? 
So righteous, blameless, walk with God. Faith. We learned last week, uh, Charlie talked about that, uh, Hebrews 11.6 is that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not, oh, I'm, I'm kind of pleased and, and good job trying. It's impossible to please God. So without faith, it is impossible to please, please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So Noah was just as guilty of sin as the rest of his generation. Sure, maybe he wasn't as violent and as wicked, but he was still deserving of death. But he had faith in God. He didn't put him faith in himself, his own sense of morality, I'm going to do what I think is right, and therefore it is right. He didn't put his faith in others. Uh, he wasn't even just trying hard. His faith, his soul, everything was on, I can't do it, God. This has to be you. So when I said godly faith demands a corresponding response, that is godly faith. That's what faith is. It's trusting God and God alone. His faith was in God, and so he walked with God as a result of his faith. And it was credited to him as righteousness. So it's not like, oh, you're just kind of in right standing. No, and you get righteousness. So it's like, whoa, bonus points. So before we give, again, credit, too much credit to Noah, we have to look at the origin of his faith. Is this something that, okay, Noah was really wise and he was like the, the Indiana Jones and figured it out or the Sherlock Holmes or insert really intelligent movie star here. <laughs> um, no, he, did he put two and two together? Did he, how did he figure this out? God gave him his faith. God is the one who, who gave it to him. Because if he had, he could be boasting his salvation. Because he's like, you guys, I figured this out. Just listen to me. I got this. This is on my own accord. Nope. Ephesians 2.5. Uh, this should be on the screen, I think. Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made, a, made us alive. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So Noah was dead. But by grace you have been saved. When he was still a sinner. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by grace you have been saved through faith. Saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's a gift from God. It's not you. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And at Romans 12, 3, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself, or himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I'm not more worthy of salvation than anyone else. Jake is not more worthy of salvation than anyone. Your favorite preacher, Tim Keller, John Piper, insert name here, is not more worthy of salvation than anyone else. It's a gift. So those are just a few examples of grace while we were in still our sin. And the, the ability, if I could just drive this home, does not, it's not within, it's not... Believe in yourself and you can do anything. You know, I, I think of like, yo, Joe, like a, an old 80s TV show with morality at the end. It's God. God is the originator of our faith. He is the one who pursued Noah. Noah didn't come after God. God initiated with Noah. God was the one that warned him. 
So by faith, by trusting God and having the confidence that God will do all that he promised to do, Noah was provided the means of salvation. That means of salvation was the solution. Well, that means of salvation and the solution to sin is faith in God. All glory be to God. So the applications of sin is the problem and that we need a solution. With sin being diagnosed as the issue, are you ignoring it? Are you trying really hard to live in morality? Or are you just giving it up to God? What does your response look like? And are you placing your faith that God will provide the appropriate solution to sin? Transition back to our air conditioning story. So, puddles on the floor. My wife is feeling the worst, and it's going to be Noah's Ark in our house. Is basically, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but um, I attempt to reassure her that it's normal condensation. It's not working because, frankly, I don't know either. So we have to find somebody that does know. We have to, okay, who can we put our faith in? Because I'm not going to put my faith in her, myself. Aaron's not going to put faith in herself or me, and rightfully so. So we call up my dad, who is a licensed plumber, Mr. Fix-It, loves to serve, and we have to rely on, on him being able to come over and take a look at it. He has to look at this. Okay, to be continued. So point number three, sin is the problem, sin is the problem that needs a solution. God provides a promise. So this is Genesis 6, 11 to, 11 to 14, and then 7, 17 to 18. Verse 11, now that the earth, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence, and God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, cover it inside and out with pitch. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, which, all flesh in which the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall come into the ark, your, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Here God is laying out his plans. This is a specific uh, promise of salvation. So he's, he's promised to, here, I'm going to deal justly with what creation now deserves, but being the gracious God, here's the means of salvation. He's making a covenant. He's making a promise with Noah and his family to save them. Here it is. Here's my promise. You have to have faith in order to do this. So if you look in uh, Hebrews 11:7, Noah's kind of his view of God and his promise is a reverent fear. So this isn't a fear of like I'm scared fear, but this is like an awestruck, a profound respect. And that we are still called to have this kind of fear. This is something great that I wish I would have more often. Uh, Proverbs 9:10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
It's like we start, we end, and we should remain in that. You stop and think of the many attributes of God. You can't help but have fear of the Lord. You can't help but have respect. We've heard of the, the phrase, theology leads to doxology. So your, 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 your mind, as you're comprehending the attributes and everything that God is, you can't help but praise him. You can't help but glorify him. And anyone's promise is as only as good as reliable as the person giving the promise. So that leads me into these application points. Who or what are you looking to to make good on a promise? What is the track record of that promise? So it's like, I was thinking of like iPhone. I'm such a, I love shiny things. And the new iPhone 10 is going to make me so happy because this iPhone 8 isn't very good anymore. But it always, all right, I'm paying a lot more money and it's not, it's not making me that much more happy. So the advertising just gets me. I'm going to have a happy meal. It doesn't necessarily make me happy. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's these things that what, what's the promise? And what, what is their motivation? So the person or the, the company or whoever is giving the promises, what's their motivation? Is it for their good, their bottom dollar, or is it the best interest of you? And then what promises of God has come through to your life? Think about, reflect, what has God done? Like Mitch said it a few weeks ago, of just writing in a journal the stuff that, has hap- that happened on their wedding like, and, and, and thereafter, and journaling it. Because I'm going to forget. I've been married almost 16 years. I, we, we got married, and I know where. <laughs> but uh, that's about it. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Okay, so back, back to our, uh, <laughs> our AC unit. I'm going to hear about that one later. Uh, so my dad arrives at our house. Thankfully, he's, we've got him on retainer, and so he comes on over. And, uh, and uh, he takes a look at the air conditioning, the polo floor, Okay, so he's looking at the pipes. The amount of condensation on this pipe, the amount, oh, here's the water dripping from this one, and here it is in this one. Okay, the amount of puddle. And he starts explaining things, and I don't know. That one's metal, that one's plastic, and this is H2O. There's science. But I don't, that's the extent of what I know. Bottom line, it's fine. You're you're good. And he's he's, he's barometric pressure and all of us, oh, my goodness, Dad. Bottom line, I don't care. Just tell me it's good. Okay, so that was good to me. And as he starts explaining, I'm like, oh, wait, 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 FaceTime. So Apple, I'm plugging Apple today. Okay, so I'm going to call up Erin, FaceTime, because she was helping uh, the, the Hillers move. Because Erin's going to ask me all these questions. I'm not going to know how to answer it. We're going to FaceTime. That way, I'll be the cameraman. Dad, you just stand there. You do the Vanna White. You point things out and explain things, because I'm not going to be able to do it. So that is my dad's promise that everything will be fine. So our response will then reveal, okay, are we putting our faith in his response and his experience, his knowledge, or we're like, you know what? I think I need a second opinion. I think we need to start doing things ourselves. I think we need to start, you know, putting some tape on things. I don't know. Um, don't ever ask me to help you with your house. Uh, or do we, do we look for a second opinion? So, to be continued. Point four, sin is the problem that needs a solution. God provides a promise, and we are required to respond. Hebrews 11.7 shows that Noah's response to God's promise, he constructed an ark for the saving of his household. 
In Genesis 6.22, I mean, I would love for this to say this about me or even anybody I knew in the Bible. Noah did this. He did all that, co- that God had commanded him. Boom. Like, wow. Godly faith demands a corresponding response. Here we see where Noah's faith lied. A response that is directly obedient to God. He didn't brush off God's warning. He didn't think a worldwide flood, I, don't even, I can't even comprehend that. I don't even know what that means. Destroy and but God will say everyone's going to drown and everyone's going to be, di- eh, God, just sleep it off. You know what I mean? Just, I'll, I'll, I'll pray more. I'll, I'll try harder more. I'll, I'll be sure to um, sacrifice more, um, worship with my family more. But, man, making an ark, that's a little extreme, don't you think? Mm-mm. It didn't say to do any of those things, pray more, sacrifice more. It didn't say, no, make an ark. James refers to faith in action. Chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled, Without giving them the things needed for the, for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Pause there. If Noah's faith did not have the ark, humanity would have been gone. It would have been dead. Back to verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So because of faith, you work. It's not, I work to get my faith. Because of faith, we work. It's not, I have faith, or I have works, and therefore I have faith. Verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from the works is dead. So when I was looking at my, kind of that main sentence of godly faith demands a corresponding response, I, I really, I, I thought about that one. I, I try to choose the verbiage very carefully because responding to God doesn't mean we're always active. Like, it doesn't always look like we're active. Sometimes, sure, it's immediate, spur of the moment, go, 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 you have to go now. Sometimes it's like, you know, here, here's the careful planning. Um, you know, long-term planning. Okay, that's faith. And sometimes it's wait. For the, a specific moment, it's God is telling you not yet. Just wait. That's faith in action. Sometimes. Because me putting tape on things <laughs> is not an act of faith in God. Me trying to fix things, it's wait. So I, we see this in, in, in Genesis really, really quickly. I never noticed this before. Uh, after God shut Noah and the ark so they, they couldn't close it on their own and he sealed them in, they had to wait another seven days before the rain came. I always pictured it's downpouring quick. Run, 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 get in the ark, get in the ark. Hurry, hurry, hurry close it, close it, close it. Nope, they got in there, and 
I had to wait seven days and without an iPhone. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, now we have to talk to each other. Anybody got a deck of Uno, you know? And this animal really stinks. And how long are we going to be in here? And wow, they had to wait. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So even being still, God is going to be exalted. Hebrews noticed uh, that uh, Noah's response, noted that Noah's response condemned the world, and it's because they didn't have faith in God. They lived as they desired. They sought either the best or not the best, or they didn't care, but they lived as they wanted to. So Noah's response is what's, is what's condemned the world. His faith in God is what was condemning So if you want to know where your faith truly lies, look to, look to your response. Who are you who you're putting your faith in? How are you acting based on that? Application questions. So are you responding appropriately? How do you know? How do you know if you're acting in the best interest of you or in the best interest of faith? Are you all in? Or you're like, no, I, I'm going to kind of do some of these things, but all in is just building an ark. That's, that's ludicrous. And what is holding you back from full obedience? Okay, air conditioning story. After looking at our air conditioning unit, my dad promised, okay, it was fine. I, I'm like, okay, how is, I'm thinking, how is Aaron going to take this? It was now up to Aaron and I to respond accordingly. Did we have faith in my dad that, okay, I mean, in, in our eyes, it looks like a lot of water. There's a lot of, okay. Or are we just going to, okay, you know best. put our faith in my dad. We put our faith in his experience and that he knows a licensed plumber. Okay, we're trusting you. I don't know. Aaron doesn't know. I mean, this could be, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars if we're wrong and, we did, and it just dies. But you know what? We're trusting in you. That's what we have to do is we don't know. We're not putting our faith and trust in, our, in us and our knowledge. We're putting our faith in God final point. Sin is the problem that needs a solution. God provides a promise and we are required to respond. And God will provide the results. So turn maybe a couple pages to Genesis 8, 13 to 21. I think. Yep. So in the 600 and first year of the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried off, or from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out every living thing that is with you, all flesh, birds, and animals, and every creeping thing that, live, that creeps on the earth that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So, what were the results of Noah's faith in God? Like, I think most of us, maybe not all of us, knew the results of that story. Again, it's easy for us to know, dude, get in the boat, it's going to flood, you're going to die. But in that moment, with, man, it's Noah thinking my wife and my f- sons are going to think I'm crazy, 
what, like, I'm putting a lot of effort, and if, the, if nothing happens, okay, God, we're in here for seven days and nothing. The results were good. I mean, God delivered. Salvation was promised. God delivered salvation. So because of Noah's faith, he and his family were saved. And not only was he saved from the floodwaters, but he was eternally saved. Hebrews 11, 7, he became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. It's not like, okay, I brought you through this dry land, and now you can live for another 100 years, and, but you're going to die anyway. He was an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. So God is the hero of Noah's life. He's the one who provided the physical salvation via the ark. God provided the eternal salvation via faith. And that faith is salvific work in Jesus Christ. It has to be. As Christ's righteousness is up to us. Otherwise, are we just trying to prolong our life and, and do what's comfortable and live our best, best life now as we see fit and then we're going to die? But are we looking to Christ, to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith? Jesus is the means of grace and his righteousness. Again, it wasn't Noah's righteousness that was given to him. It was Christ's. And those who repent, who turn from self, from whatever you're doing, and turn back to God. And as godly faith demands a corresponding response. How are you responding? Are you looking to God for the results and the questions? Sorry, Connie, if that's out of order. Um, do you have more confidence in yourself to bring, to, uh, in yourself or God to bring about the res- those results? And what is the basis for the results that you are hoping for? Godly faith demands a corresponding response, whether you to act now, long-term plan, sit and wait. Look to him. All right, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for you. And I don't say that, light, that lightly. Thank you that, <laughs> that you are not me um, and that I can put my faith and trust in you knowing that you don't disappoint, that I don't have to know what you're doing. I don't have to know even all your plans because I know the results of the cross. I know that for the joy set before him, Christ died on the cross. And he didn't stay dead. There's an empty tomb. Christ's sacrifice, his perfect sacrifice, it worked. From the beginning of time, you had the plan for salvation. A small part we got to see in Noah, but it was fulfilled in Christ. So help us put our faith in that empty tomb, knowing that sacrifice was accepted and it was perfect. And that faith that you've given to us Christ's righteousness is now ours. Help us to have holy faith in you. In your name we pray, amen.